She wants to paint her bedroom bright pink, but her mother thinks white or something close to white would be better. They squabble in whispers in the far corner of the shop. This is the way people ought to argue in public, quietly, making sure that as few words as possible are overheard. I tell the sales assistant who approaches me that I'm just browsing and turn to face a wall of colour charts. Tallow, string, cord, savage ground. I'm supposed to be thinking about paint for Nick's and my bedroom. Tallow, string, cord. I stand still, too full of rage to move. The sweat on my face dries in sticky streaks. If I see Pam again when I leave here, I'll knock her to the ground and stamp on her head. She's not the only one who can take things up a notch. I can overreact with the best of them. I can't shop if I'm not in the mood, and I'm definitely not in the mood now. I leave the chilled air of Pharaoh and Bull behind me and head back out into the heat, embarrassed by how shaken I feel. I scan Cadogan Street in both directions, but there is no sign of Pam. I probably wouldn't knock her to the ground. In fact, I definitely wouldn't but it makes me feel better to imagine for a few seconds that I am the sort of person who strikes quickly and ruthlessly. The multi-story car park is on the other side of town on Jimson Street. My sigh, knowing I'll be dripping with sweat by the time I get there. As I walk, I rummage in my handbag for the ticket I need to feed into the pay station slot. I can't find it. I try the zipped side pocket, but it's not there either. And I've forgotten yet again to make a note of where I left my car, on what level and in which colour zone. I am always in too much of a hurry, trying to squeeze in a shopping trip that has been endlessly postponed and has finally become an emergency between work and collecting the children. Is there something about work I need to remember? Or arrange? My mind rushes ahead of itself, panicking before any cause for panic has been established. Do I remember where I put the scoping study I did for Gilsonen? Did I fax my sediment erosion diagrams to Anna Paula? I think I did both. There's probably nothing important that I've forgotten, but it would be nice to be certain, as I always used to be. Now that I have two small children, my work has an added personal resonance. Every time I talk or write about Venice's lagoon losing dangerous amounts of the sediment it needs to keep it healthy... I find myself identifying with the damn thing. Two strong currents called Zoe and Jake, aged four and two, are sluicing important things from my brain that I will never be able to retrieve and replacing them with thoughts about Barbie and Calpol. Perhaps I should write a paper, complete with scientific diagrams, arguing that my mind has silted up and needs dredging and send it to Nick, who has a talent for forgetting he has a home life while he is at work. He is always advising me to follow his example. Only forty minutes to get to nursery before it closes, and I'm going to waste fifteen of those running up and down concrete ramps, panting, growling through gritted teeth at the rows of cars that stubbornly refuse to be my black Ford Galaxy. And then, because I've lost my ticket, I'll have to find an official and bribe him to raise the barrier to let me out. And I'll arrive late at nursery again, and they'll moan at me again and I haven't got my paint samples, 
all the toddler reins I was supposed to buy from Mother Care to stop Jake wriggling free from my grasp and launching himself into the middle of busy roads. And I can't come into Rawnsley again for at least a week, because the Consorzio people are arriving tomorrow, and I'll be too busy at work. Something hits me hard under my right arm, whacking into my ribs, propelling me sharply to the left. I reel on the curb, trying to stay upright, but I lose my balance. The tarmac of the road is on a slant, tilting, rising up to meet me. Behind me, a voice yells, Watch out, love, watch! My mind, which was hurtling in the direction of anticipated future catastrophes, screeches to a halt as my body falls. I see the bus coming, almost on top of me already, but I can't move out of its path. As if it is happening somewhere very far away, I watch a man lean forward and bang his fist on the side of the bus, shouting, Stop! There's no time. The bus is too close and it isn't slowing down.